Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to week 15 of the NFL recap uh, for Pulse of the Heartland. You may notice we are a little thin tonight. It's just Bryant and I. Um, no Joey, no Clark, no Trent. We're uh, we're going duos tonight. The gruesome twosome here. The gruesome twosome. Yeah, and we're, and we're basically just going to do our two teams and don't have to rattle on about anything else other than the, the hilarious moments that happens this weekend. And I think everyone knows exactly what play we're talking about. But. Yeah, this may have been one of the best weekends in football. I uh, missed most of it just because, well, the Vikings game was Saturday. Sunday we went and saw Avatar. So more more yeah. important things this week than, than watching football. But, um, yeah. Avatar long. Go ahead. Avatar longer than your average football yeah, game. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, right away, though, we can take care of socials. <coughs> um, like usual, ours is uh, our Heartland Pulse on, on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch. Um, don't forget to check out Twitch. We're streaming on there now. And then uh, on Facebook and YouTube, just Pulse of the Heartland. Uh, don't forget to check out our partners at Let's Talk at Let Talk Sport. Um, a lot of good content coming out of there. And then also in the zone um, at in the zone one on, on Twitter, a lot of, uh, a lot of hot takes coming out of there from those guys. Um, <laughs> Brian makes oh, yeah. Brian laugh a little bit. Um, and then uh, in the zone dot studio, you'll see Joey um, has some articles up there too. So a lot of good content on there. I think everyone would probably enjoy it. So go check out those guys. Absolutely. So I'll do it. I would say, do we do I want to start off with your game? The, there was another heart attack producing uh, game. We might as well. I mean, what what the Vikings? How? What else are they going to do besides have every, a close game every weekend? But let's get down thirty to nothing, thirty three to nothing to the worst one of the worst teams in the NFL. Why not do that? The, the funny the funny part was when we got down to 10 nothing I was at my in-laws watching the game and I go there is no reason we should be down 10 to nothing to this team and then it got worse and then it got worse and then it got a little more worse where at halftime I'm, I'm like why are we even here anymore why don't we go home and, and watch golf or something um but no we we stuck through it um let's let's get the cat out of the bag with the bikes game yes David let's Let's just relive this pain and happiness again. Um, <clears throat> second half, all of a sudden, hey, you know what? Maybe we'll start playing football. Patrick Peterson tells the locker room, you guys just need to get five more touchdowns. We're not letting them score anymore, um, which <laughs> it's funny, but it happened. <laughs> End up going into overtime, 39-36 win for the Vikings. Just an incredible second half. Um you know, the first half was just a lot of self-inflicted wounds, just a, a blocked punt that they took back, a pick six at the end of the half that they got, which, man, Jalen Rager, I, I understand why he got traded for a fourth-round pick. Now his route, he he just doesn't even run his routes. He just, yeah. I, I don't know. That Are they bad. not clean or is it like half-assed effort? So the first interception, both interceptions were on him. Uh, the first interception, he – got to is like a stick route got to a spot stopped and kirk threw right to that spot and right when he threw it he jumped out and, and made a move to the inside yeah. um so the route was probably fine it was just the movement after that didn't work um the second interception it was a deep pass he was just supposed to keep running his route to the to the um towards the out of bounds 
just yep. completely stopped running his route. Just stopped. Um, I don't know if it would have been how the pass would have been. I'm sure it would have probably just been a breakup, to be honest. But, yeah, it ends up being an interception on the two-yard line or something. Um, so, yeah, both of them were on him just from bad decisions. I don't know why you would decide to stop running routes, but that's how you stop getting it thrown to when you stop doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the good news is – in. I would say we'll focus on the positive a little bit. I mean, at least you got Kirk right now who in the second half that those two interceptions don't get him uncomposed, unlike a younger QB that might just be, you know, and I'm just done for the day, yep. you know, yep. but he persevered through it. And I mean, hell, I'm have the stats in front of me, 34 for 54 for 460 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. And that, and I mean, and that includes as well. He, I, I didn't know this beforehand. He got sacked seven times too. Yeah. Um, Maybe this is why I complain so much about the run game, but again, I feel like the half ran on first down every single time. I felt like that, and it wasn't it wasn't working. So we're having three and outs constantly because we're constantly second and seven, third and seven, whatever. Um, and 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 you're just going three and outs. Um, our starting center has been out the last two or three games. Um, so yeah, our backup. He, I think he had his. I think yeah, it was one of the worst graded centers this week. Actually, a second worst center this week. So mm-hmm. that doesn't help. You're running through. You're running down the middle with with a backup center. That just doesn't work well. Um, that uh, one sack was our our right guard stepping on Kirk for the third time this season. Um, that's a tackle. That's a sack there. Yeah, I mean, just stupid things like that. Um, but yeah, I, again, the first half was just self-inflicted wounds. Um, the defense yeah. complained about the defense a lot. Defense only allowed one touchdown this game. Um, yep. They very, very well. Uh, Donatel, I, I saw the blitzing was up to like forty-five percent this game. I, they they blitzed about forty-five percent of the plays, um, which is way higher than what it has been. That's huge. Um, second half, David pointed out KJ Osborne just. Best game of his career. Uh, I believe he got drafted the same season as Jefferson. Uh, he had 10 catches for 150 some yards, I believe, uh, yep. or 147. Had a touchdown. He was the first touchdown of the game and, and just kind of got the energy for the team. Um, so he, there were rumors in, in, in a training camp that he was having days better than Justin Jefferson. He had a better day than Jefferson yesterday. Um, Granted, Jefferson gets a little bit more attention, but had yeah, he had a great game yesterday. So maybe we should start getting more used to him. Mm-hmm. Now, um, now, my question for you though is: speaking of a guy that you got a got a good turnout from, is I know Dalvin Cook's kind of been a topic of uh, of typically you want him <laughs> out of there, but then we had a game here, and again, a lot of it, like you said, trying to force a run on first down, but. He had 17 carries for 95 yards, and I'm looking. He had four catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. Does that kind of uh, you where he can have that playmaking ability, or is this just kind of a, a flash in the pan? To me, I, they need to use him more in the passing. If if they use him more in the passing game like they did this week, um, yeah. then great. 97 of those yards came off of one run, or uh, 40 of those 97 yards came off of one run. Uh, mm-hmm. So the rest of the game, he was just getting a few yards here and there, which, I mean, 97 yards, it's 97 yards. That's a good game. 
Um, but he well, does have a tendency. If five, then all of a sudden that doesn't look as good. Yeah. 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 Uh, he, he just has a tendency of fumbling at bad times. He did it last year against Cincinnati. Uh, I know he's done it a few times before too. Uh, if, if he didn't fumble as much, I think I wouldn't feel that way. Uh, but like we, we do, we threw the screen pass to him in the fourth quarter to tie the game. And if we did more like that, if we had him going out as a receiver, he does great as a receiver. I think it was the Jets, I believe, earlier this year. He caught a two-point conversion or a touchdown or a two-point conversion um, to tie the game against the Jets. It was a great catch, a great route, great throw by Kirk, and just a, a catch that not many wide receivers can make, to be honest. So if they used him like that more often, I think that would sway me. If they if they used him more like Debo Samuel, to be honest, because um, we have great backup running backs. So if you put Dalvin out as receiver and have Madison behind him, I think that'd be tough to figure out. I really do. But I don't know. We need to see more than just a couple of yards per carry with a giant 40 yard run every once in a while, you know. You know what? The one good thing about this uh, this game, though, is as much as it caused a bunch of turmoil for you, is you're back in the good creatures of the uh, point differential committee. You're plus <laughs> you were a plus two now, yet. Yeah. Yep. Nobody can take that red number back there. Oh shit! Gosh. Um. You know, a couple other things. Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins. I, I've always said good things about him. Mm-hmm. What do you need? You get you got a guy that threw for four something, four sixty or four eighty. I think it's four sixty something uh, this week, yep. and uh, brought us back thirty three points. You know, brought us thirty nine points in the second half and overtime. Um, did the same thing against the Lions. Got us very close to coming back against the Lions or last week too. And so I, I don't understand. Yeah, I'll, I'll forever stay behind him. Um, he was the last one to have that type of comeback again with the, you like that game at 24 points. So obviously the whole, he's not clutch, blah, 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 that stuff. I would, I rather have him a Holmes or Allen probably, but there's only a few of the, a couple of those in the league and Kirk's a pretty damn good uh, second tier quarterback. I agree. No, and it, and it's definitely one of those where, like you said, is he is he top tier? I think he can still get there, but I think if you're going to do that, then and honestly, if you have these type of performances, you know, maybe you can sneak away from a Dalvin Cook and you can do a running back by committee, get the more athletic backs that are used to a passing system, get what you can out of Dalvin Cook, and then really just focus on being able to pass. You know, you got KJ Osborne that can go off, JJ that can go off. You have all these people that you can really use in the passing game i would just keep in uh, tj I, I guess honestly we had so many guys that had such huge games we didn't even talk about how you know tj hawkinson was kind of a non-factor but he's a huge part of the passing game too so well I mean, and he he got that two-point conversion to tie it he was oh he bit, did he was, okay. he was important yeah and thielen the the driving overtime to get the field goal um thielen had a huge catch down the middle there very important catch for the game uh basically basically to win it for us um, another thing, Greg Joseph, I, we've, we've, everyone craps on him. I crap on him all the time, came yeah. in and, and kicked a 40 yarder to win the game to, to get the division. I mean, how much bigger can you get there? That's, that's good for him. I felt really good, really happy for him, um, to kind of exercise that do, demon, I guess. Do you, do you want to know where the Vikings 
kicking woes are, you're happy with making a 40 yard field goal in a dome. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that stupid? Oh, but like stupid. you said, hey, you won the division, and that and that's the Vikings, as much as we like to sh- try and shit on them, uh, they got 11 wins right now. They keep winning. So, yeah. it, it, you know, end of the day, that is the most important stat. That's one of those um, things, like, if you ask a fan, are we a Super Bowl contender? <laughs> we're not the strongest team. There's yeah. no way we're the strongest team. But it's one of those that you kind of feel like you're a team of destiny this year with all the rabbits we pulled out of a hat, you know? Yep. It, it just kind of seems that way. It, we the, the whole Buffalo situation, um, this game, we've we've had another game that we had to come. We've had how many games? Six, seven? No, 10 of the games have been one possession games. So, and we're winning all of these. I think Kirk has six fourth, uh, fourth quarter drives to win the game. Like, we're, we're not dominating. Like you said, the plus two point differential. But it just seems like a team of destiny at this point. Yeah, t- ten single-digit games, and I think you only lost. Uh, well, shit, the Lions. Never mind. The Lions one was probably two. Yeah, so you've you've won every single or uh, every single possession game. Yeah. So. Yep. Um. Though the one thing that would concern me right now is right now your three losses are the Eagles playoff team, Cowboys playoff team. And lions that are potentially sneaking in. I'm, not, I'm the, I don't think they're the biggest contender, but I would say that is my big worry: is you yeah. beat all the teams you're supposed to. You even snuck a couple like Buffalo. Get, can you make sure you finish strong and have that going for you in the playoffs? Because I, you know, playoffs is a completely different beast on you know letting even two to three touchdowns go, let alone a freaking thirty-three pointer in this one. You know, yeah, yeah. The and, only thing. The only thing with that, and and I totally agree, that is a big concern. Um, mm-hmm. The big thing with that, like I said, the first half was just a bunch of fluky stuff, just I, stupid stuff. Uh, but the defense, like I said, only allowed three points the second half. Now it's against now it's against the Colts. Colts aren't good, um, and they were super conservative. So yeah, there's that. Um, but the fact that they started putting more pressure um, on the line. That's that's big because we were blitzing. I think we were like yep. 31st in the league for blitzing, and like I said, went up probably about 20% this time. Um, and then the coverage seemed to be a little tighter too. And and Duke Shelley, he I don't know if he's a rookie or what, but he was undrafted or he he got dropped immediately. Um, and he has come in and played excellent. He was our top rated player yesterday. He's our he's a defensive back. He was our fourth or fifth string defensive back. And he was the highest rated player of the game yesterday. Um, he's he's come in and really stepped up. Cam Dantzler was dealing with an illness, so he didn't. I don't believe he played any snaps yesterday. So is Patrick Peterson, Cam Dantzler. I saw Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd is a um, def- or a special teams player. He doesn't usually play defensive back, um, but he even got some snaps yesterday. So we were super thin on that. So the fact that they didn't just tear us apart with the throwing—that's huge to me. Um, crazy what happens when you when you dial up some, dial up some pressure on the offense and and uh, make them struggle a little bit. Right. So that's the only thing I, I feel like KOC got the point across to Donatel, um, and, and they might have fixed some things. Hopefully, we see that going forward. Uh, one game is just one game, so hopefully that's a pattern now. Uh, a couple things I wanted to touch on. One, David, I agree 100% when you're saying uh, Cox says he'd ride with the uh, team until the end. It, it is definitely 
nice to have a guy that's showing that positivity <clears throat> compared to Zimmer with all the kind of negativity last year. But that shows what a good coach does. Now let's go to the opposite side with Jeff Saturday. Now, you know, he fooled us in the first game with, with showing, hey, look look how good this coach is, coach, quote-unquote, because, you know, he came back against the Raiders, which how much have I shit on that team? I don't need to rehash that. So far, Jeff Saturday, and in, in, since then, in two of the games, he's allowed uh, Dallas to score 33 points in the fourth quarter, and then he's allowed a team to come back by 33 points and only scored three points in the second half. That is why you take your head coaching, uh, your your ex head coaches on your team, and you promote them up in the in the middle of the season, and not just a random player. And again, great player, I loved him when high he school was coach. The Colts, yeah, high school coach that had a losing record and now has a losing record in the NFL. It's it's like that. I guess it's just one of those like, yeah, he he was supposed to provide this spark, this energy. Oh, he's gritty. Well. It's not very gritty when you lose a 33 point lead. That's pretty yeah. shitty, not gritty. So, I don't so, know. So, the funny, ironic thing is this is the biggest comeback in NFL history 33 yep. points. Who, you, you know, who the who it was before this, right? Uh, the largest comeback? Yeah. Uh, no clue. So, I can't remember. I think it was. It was Buffalo. Buffalo was involved. I can't remember who it was over. Might have been Dallas. I don't remember for sure. Um, Frank Reich was part of that. And who got fired earlier this year? <laughs> Frank Reich, yeah. yeah. It follows his team. Well, just like, no offense, it's, it's Matt Ryan. I mean, 28-3, yeah. he'll never escape that. And now he's got the 33-point lead blown. And I don't put any of this on him. Yeah, he's the quarterback. He's an aging quarterback. That is the lack of of coaching and that's the lack of making adjustments at halftime. If you're the Colts and you have a losing record, how do you not keep putting pedal to the metal? And if the, if the Vikings took the halftime and made adjustments, you got to make adjustments back and go back to what what is working. That that is just absolutely pathetic to be honest. So there, there's something about Jimmy or say that I like. I, I do. There's I don't know why. I just like the guy. Yeah. Um but you know his big thing is we we're going to have uh three Super Bowls this decade. Okay. You didn't get anybody to surround Andrew Luck, who is going to be arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play if he stays healthy. So you do nothing to support him to keep him protected. And then after he retires, you've gone to what Jacoby Brissett, uh, uh, Carson Wentz, Philip River, the corpse of Philip Rivers, basically. I mean, he was Philip Rivers was already way past his prime when they picked him up. Um, and now Matt Ryan, you're not showing me that you're serious about winning if you just keep on bringing these people that are way past their prime. And Matt yeah. Ryan, he's I, yeah, I mean, he's just not the same as he was three, four years ago. He's just not. I mean, they sadly might have missed out on the sweepstakes on a lot of these quarterbacks that have been traded. I mean, I don't know what the Rams are going to do. We're watching them live right now, but I mean, they got Baker Mayfield. I mean, are they in the position where they try and get a Jordan Love? Um, well, they, they, Tom Brady and Matt Stafford were both looking for properties in the Indianapolis area and they didn't go after them. So both teams were willing to go and play, but they, they, they went for Phillip rivers instead. Like how stupid can you be? I mean, that, and again, that when, when you're a Colts organization and I think we're going to see it here <laughs> shortly with the Packers, 
when you relied on just landing the gold mine with Peyton Manning and then you immediately go into Andrew Luck and because of how you mishandled everything, the guy retired on you and you can't, oh, fuck, we get, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You've stumbled into 22 years where you haven't had to evaluate a quarterback. You just get, oh, guess what? Another generational talent, lucky for us. You know, it's the same thing with the Packers. You go from Brett Favre immediately to Aaron Rodgers, and you're slowly seeing where I if, if Rodgers keeps doing what he's doing in, in Green Bay right now, I'm worried the same thing. Well, this probably excites you, but it worries me that that's going to happen to them, is yeah. he's going to keep dictating where Jordan Love, who you want to move on to, I'm not going to coach him up, I, you know, and I don't want you to draft my replacement now. Kind of probably how far felt, but you got to realize you're at the end of your career here, and this is an organization that has priorities and has expectations. And you know what I'm saying? When mm-hmm. when this postseason he's talking about doing ayahuasca and all his self-research and everything, you're showing you're not very serious to winning football games at that point. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that one's going to be a tricky situation, especially with Love saying he wants to be traded or reports of him wanting to be traded. That's going to be a very tricky situation, and we're seeing shades of of good Aaron Rodgers again. But <clears throat> he he's not willing to work in the off season with his with his own team. He he loses his receivers, has all new receiving core. Like they, what's funny is people don't go after him about that, but they went after Kirk because he wanted to stay in Michigan instead of go down to Florida during the off season. Well, he's, he's worked with Thielen and Jefferson for a few years now. He doesn't need to get a new, get rapport with them. These were yeah. all new receivers. It's a little different. And thankfully we haven't had to deal with, with the chiefs yet. I think they all, they're kind of in the mentality. They all go and they, you know, it's it's basically, hey, do you want to go on vacation for a month, throw the football mm-hmm. around, then party? You know, that's what it always seems like to me. So, yeah. I I don't know. I, I would say it was good. It was a good win for the Vikings because again, it's another proving that you can come back and do it. The biggest concern is don't get yourself in that position in the first half. Yeah, yeah, and that was what KOC said today. That he's like, you know, everything I looked at today, it was why were why did I put us in that position in the first place? And, and that's, yeah. I mean, that's good. That's, that's not taking it too, you know, too huge that, Hey, we can come back from whatever. What, what's, what's for me before this game, when we did our stuff on Wednesday, um, I said, we need the Vikings to beat the Colts by 10 and I'll take this team seriously. Well, <laughs> they didn't do it, but it, they showed that they can come back from huge deficits and they're never, behind, they're never too far behind. Yeah. I, I, that's that's huge. That's huge. Um, just two more two more points, I guess. Uh, first was, dude, they're just hammering on Justin Jefferson lately, and it feels like Bounty Gate 2.0 at this point. Like it seems like they are purposely going after that guy, trying to injure him. There's been some nasty hits, and KOC brought that up today too, basically saying, "Hey, it seems like there's a game plan to just try to take him out of the game at this point." I don't know if you saw the saw the Twitter. Uh, link that I posted earlier, but the hit by a Stefan Gilmore, that was just dirty. That was just dirty. I'm going to, I'm looking at it right now. Um, no, I mean, in, in <clears throat> honestly, you know, the, the sad thing is, is teams are going to, well, if they're not going to call it, we're going to, we're going to do that, you know, because clearly that's the, that's the biggest target on the Vikings right now. Yeah. Luckily this one was called and it's, and as it should have been, um, the other thing is our mascot in his Twitter account, Victor the Viking, has to be one of the best follows on Twitter. He just goes after everyone, 
and just makes fun of everyone. And he and he really goes after the Pat McAfee crew. Absolutely Good. just demolishes all of them. It's hilarious. Got to, got to bring him down a peg or two, you know? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that Jesus. Yeah. So not only the so for that unnecessary roughness you're talking about on Gilmore, he launched his head into Justin Jefferson's. I mean, that I almost would think that'd be an ejection, to be honest. I thought it should be. I mean, there there was no there was no intention of trying to tackle him, you know, with your shoulder or anything. That was seriously pushing up with the crown of your head to the chin of, of his head. That that's egregious, dude. Yeah, and, and Jefferson wasn't even looking that direction. He turned around in the air, and there is a helmet right in his face there. I mean, it was bad. That was terrible, and that was where Jefferson was on the ground for a few minutes, too. It looked like he was he should have been out for concussion, but I guess uh, it turns out chest contusion, so he should be good to go. Well, hopefully. I mean, honestly, that's where it's, you know, I don't know what's if you've locked a seed yet, but if he's somewhat oh, yeah. injured, you just honestly – I'd rather you go 0-3 and make sure he's healthy for the playoffs. Be the Who cares? You've won your division. You're the fourth seed. You're going to host the game regardless. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have second seed and have the potential of hosting two games. But oh, you're, yeah, right. Yeah. you're right. You're absolutely right. Health in the playoffs is way more important. Um, but, yeah, that may hopefully after this happened and, and KOC mentioned it, hopefully the NFL will be paying attention to that because that's just bad. Yeah. Um, and David pointed out, do we want to talk about the officiating uh, now or later? Because I know there are a couple uh, let's of Let's do later so we can get through yeah. some of these games because th- there's quite a few. And we'll we'll try and wrap up the other games a little quicker as well here. All right. Yeah, so uh, the other game on Saturday – well, there were two games on Saturday. One game was just absolutely terrible. Um, yeah. Who cares about I that I think one? it was what, Ravens 13 – Browns 13, Ravens 3, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Who cares? Watson has one touchdown so far since he's come back. Good for him. Glad you guys paid that much for him. Yep. <laughs> um, the other game, the the Bills and the Dolphins. That was a great game, uh, especially mm. in the last quarter there, turning into a snow globe. That was a lot of fun to watch. The Dolphins did way better in the cold than I than I thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Josh Allen. He is so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But that guy fumbles, puts the ground on the ball more times than anybody, any other quarterback. If if any other quarterback did it as much as he did, they would be scrutinized so badly. Uh, the uh, there, a couple seasons ago, Cousins had a fumbling issue, and and he every once in a while he'll still put the ball on the ground, and he was just freaking. We need to get rid of him. He's worthless. Can't hold on the ball. I swear every game Allen puts the ball on the ground once. Then the fourth quarter, he put it in, put it down twice today or uh, this last game against Miami. That the game was probably closer than what it needed to be, to be honest with you. Yeah. So a couple things on this because I didn't catch too much of the game, but if you're going to compete with Buffalo on the road in that type of weather, Miami's offense now is translating, which is scary because we're really hoping that they get into the snow and Tyreek's not going to be able to run. Well, guess what? He'd been in Kansas City for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I agree. Josh Allen is kind of the uh, – what am I trying to say? He's a media favorite right now. So anytime he does have a fuck-up like that, it's like, yeah, but he didn't lose it. And, and that's how they've always treated him probably the last two, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of – you know, Mahomes probably has that same thing, to be honest, where, he, well, he lost it. Yeah, but he makes up for it in 10,000 other things. Okay. You know, but 
But no, I mean, in the Vikings game, why did the Vikings come back and win? One of the major parts was he fumbled on the fucking one yard line and it went into the end zone, you know? So he's going to have to get that fixed. And I don't know. I didn't watch his game, but I don't know if he did any of those like hurdles or trying to, you know, make the big play thing. But again, I have, I just have this inkling as much just because it's like, I picked him to be the MVP because I think he was going to be the best player in the league this year. I think he's just going to do something in the postseason to fuck it up again, man, including something like that fumble. Because he just yeah. has an issue with it, and, and and like I said, I love the guy. I he's so fun to watch. But like you said, how and it's the same way with Lamar. We talk about Lamar too. You know, the running is a big key key to him. But how many times is he going to be hammered on the field and and continue to be a running quarterback? We see how good of a running court or a passing quarterback Russell Wilson is without his legs. Don't get me wrong. Allen has a cannon for an arm. But when he doesn't, when when he's injured to the point where he needs to stop doing that stuff, is he going to be as dangerous just standing back? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's I think he can be, but I I don't know. We got a comment here from uh, Iman report saying Ravens be one done the playoffs. Couldn't agree more, man. I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Whether, I would say whether it's um their backup right now, Lamar. I haven't seen anything this year with with their give-ups that they've had or their their uh, opponents always coming back late in the game with that offense that's been very stagnant. I, I mean, I see nothing about them that gets us to, oh, are, you, you know, no one even, like, talks. That it used to be Lamar Mahomes. That is going to be the rivalry. And then Josh Allen just blew past Lamar, and now it's, it, it's Mahomes, Allen, Joe Burrow, threesome there. And yeah. now yeah, Lamar isn't even talked about. Tannehill isn't even talked about. I mean, they're, it's basically those three and then everyone else, and you're going to have to have that elite type of play to make it deep into the uh, AFC playoffs. So, Yeah, agreed. Thanks for the comment, Iman. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's basically all I had for the Bills is, is – and then I had them picked to be the AFC representative this year. I just yep. don't see Josh Allen doing it now. I just don't. Like, I don't know if his arm is still hurt. Um, it may not be, it looks like he's still, he's throwing fine, but he just, I, I just don't think, I, I think he still needs to kind of mature with his decision-making right now. Well, and, and that's what I'm worried. And I don't want him to be injured, but I think it's going to happen because it's just, yeah, he's, he's six, seven, 250, whatever he is. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a big behemoth of a man. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's not susceptible to injuries. How long do we think Gronk was going to be? not injured or, you know, he would just run over people consistently because they're all smaller than him. And then one little eensy, you know, smaller injury turned the big injury. And now the guy, you know, couldn't run if he wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. It only takes one freak thing. Then you're done. Yep. Absolutely, dude. Yep. All right. Well, I did not see this game. We'll go move on to Sunday here. Um, the chiefs go to overtime against the Texans. <laughs> what happened yeah. there? So what we've been saying all year, Mahomes makes he he lifts up all of his other players around him, makes them look good, and he is so good that he makes he he makes our defensive coordinator look somewhat competent, and he's not. You know he he has been coverings for Spags for the last two years. We I've been saying since the Buffalo game, and, and there's a now you're starting to see a pattern here. Is the is another team is doing something to keep up with the Chiefs. You know, and first off, there's no team that offensively, other than probably the Bengals, 
that should be able to keep with a, up with us offensively. And you have the Houston Texans that are running a two-quarterback system that are looking somewhat competent against that defense. That is fucking atrocious. If you have two quarterbacks, that means you have no quarterback, and we let them play in that game with us. Now, if you look at Who, all the who's other Who's the stats, other quarterback besides Davey? Uh, I fucking I I don't. I'll look him up. Remember what his name was, but yeah, look him up. But it, it's just one of these where our offense has been so talented that we don't feel like that our defense should have to play. I would even say only well, you, you know. And we we have a lot of players that are starting. Clark has has gotten a lot uh, in much better shape. Um, we have a lot of players that do play well. But they get very sloppy out there. And I don't know if it's just because they go, well, we're going to just see Mahomes' magic. He's going to get at least a field goal. Oh, we're going to come back. It's no problem. But every single time in the Bengals game, they would have a, a, they would hit the running back after a three-yard gain, and the running back would get seven yards. They would have a, they would have a wide receiver that if they would, at the, at the point where the wide receiver is catching the ball, if they would just complete a tackle or finish it or grab an ankle and hold him, you'd stop him at whatever yards. But they always gain another five to ten. It's just... This lazy, it's not even a bend but not break. It's just we, we're broke, you know. If the <laughs> Houston Texans are keeping up with you, and they do have a solid core. Uh, it was Davis Mills, and, and it looks like Jeff Driscoll and, and Phil Dorsett uh, yep. a couple passes. But um, if you're the Chiefs, I I honestly don't know. Because so far in Mahomes' career, with as good as he is, the AFC Championship has been the basement for him. And with how atrocious this defense is, we're not going to make it there because you have to win. You have to at least beat the Bills or the Bengals going in there. We're 0-3 versus the Bengals. We just lost to the Bills in the regular season, which we lost to them in last regular season, and then we had the 13-second game. But how did we get to that 13-second game? We, we got to that 13 seconds because, again, we had to have Mahomes magic because we let Gabriel Davis – catch over 200 yards receiving and four touchdowns that is a defensive coordinator and a coach that does not know how to scheme how to change his scheme do anything different other than just oh well we're just going to keep doing cover two we're just going to keep doing what we're doing and hopefully they don't run the same play that's worked eight times in a row and they <coughs> it every single time it was gabriel davis three touchdowns in a row at the end of that game and we just did not change anything do they do the shell defense like the Vikings have been doing? I, it, it doesn't matter what we run. To, to be honest, man, I, I mean, we've, we've had some atrocious losses and some terrible wins. This is one of the terrible wins. We lost to, to the said Colts that you just had a 33-point uh, comeback in. Um, we, I mean, right now, like I've said, for, for the Chiefs, and, and again, we, we're at a different point right now where – We've been to a Super Bowl. We've won a Super Bowl. We've lost a Super Bowl. We're in AFC Championships games every year. You don't. E- this game should have been three touchdowns minimum. Uh, I would say winning by. We let Russ Wilson and the Broncos, who look like absolute dog shit all year, they score twenty eight points on us. I'm going through the games. Bengals. I don't even think that. I think they had one punt in that game. Um, other than that, I mean, they, just going back. Then the Chargers had twenty seven uh, two weeks before that. But, I mean, it is just – it is a big concern if you're a Chiefs fan. Every Chiefs fan feels this, where we're going, how the hell do we have such a good team? And we have good players that, that play for us. I mean, again, Frank Clark, um, Karlaftis from Purdue, who we just dropped, Justin Reed, 
Carlos Dunlap is, is kind of the Von Miller-type specialist rusher for us. Chris Jones, Willie Gay. We have all these players. Bolton. I, I mean, I'm I'm literally going through just all the defense players. We have good pieces, but they're not playing together. Um, it, it is just – oh, in that Bengals game, they only had one punt. So, I, I mean, th- those are going to be the teams that we have to play. And if we're going to play the, the Houston Texans like this, I mean, be ready not to play in, in late December, January. I mean, that's where we're at with it. Well, it's it's like you. It sounds like you guys are the same meme that I sent with the Vikings defense, where the I, I where, saw the where exact it's, same thing. Where, where it's Skinner and it's the uh, it's uh, maybe the scheme is wrong. No, the scheme is perfect. It's the players that are oh. that are doing it wrong. I thought you were, you're going to talk about the uh, meme that uh, has been going around. I'll see if I can find it, but it says. It, it literally shows a timeline. Being goes, yes, we're we're gonna have fun, and then again, oh fuck, we're gonna lose this thing. Oh yay, we won! Like that, like it was like ninety percent of the game is you're worried about you fucking losing, you know. Yeah. And it's there's I, it, it just pisses me off because we can't rely on Mahomes going for the three hundred yards, the being the comeback king every single game, and here we are. Yeah. It. Uh... Sorry. It sounds like you guys have to score 40 points basically every game to, to win it. Um, I do want to say one thing with the Texans, though, is they are playing so many good teams tough. They they really cool. should have beat Dallas last week. Um, they they uh, I'm looking just to, they took the Eagles down to the wire. I mean, it's 29-17 game, but they look like they were hanging in there with the Eagles, too. Um, yeah, I don't. They they play tough. I don't think the Texans are as bad as their record says. They just need to score a few more points. But I I think you know if they get a couple pieces during the off season, I think they'll be actually pretty legit next year. Sorry, I'm just I'm going through. I want to look at the point differential because we were joking about it for the uh, uh, for your team here. I just want to look at the the opponent points compared to other playoff teams right now. So. The point differentials here on uh, for different teams. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles have allowed 268 points this year. Buffalo uh, Buffalo Bills, 250. San Francisco 49ers, 210. Cowboys, 260. Cincinnati, 288. Baltimore, 263. Chiefs, 322. There's oh. not even another team remotely close to that. Vikings and, have to be pretty close. Yeah. So, I mean, well, that was through – 14 games, so I think that includes yesterday's game. But it, it's just – I know me and Clark, we have our own little side conversation from the group chat because I just hate to throw that negativity out there. But it, it's just – it's pissing me off. And I know there's a lot of people, if we want, if we do want to jump into, uh, into the uh, officials for the last few uh, – for last – honestly, the whole season this week in particular. But, I mean, I know with um, – like with the Raiders game, he, he was out on that touchdown in the passing touchdown. In the Chiefs game, we had Houston Texan players that, you know, when you're, when, if it's going to be a uh, roughing the passer, it is the definition is like throwing the quarterback down. And they had a, they had a multiple, they had a couple sacks where they threw Mahomes down. They also had one where a cornerback jumped in the air to like swat down the pass, whatever Mahomes got away. And then he punches him in the head. And so that's what you show. That's terrible. How'd that not get called? I mean, it has been 
you know, if you look at the if you look at the quote unquote superstars, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, I would say even Allen and 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 Burrow are starting to get some of those calls. Mahomes doesn't get those. I don't know if it's the mobile aspect of, of the game, but they have to start being consistent with what is going to be a roughing the passer and what is not. Maybe they need to turn something into it just you know non intentional hit and make it five yards first down and we just move on because the inconsistency. I mean, we were talking about, and I it just made me livid, is everyone in Buffalo is is creaming their jeans over the tackle on Mike White. That should have been a roughing the passer and ejection. If that isn't, nothing should ever be a roughing the passer, where you literally take a, uh, your shoulder and fold the guy in half. Yeah, it's a, it, that is a textbook tackle, but not on the quarterback, not in the game that we play anymore. Well, and then we showed the one that Justin Herbert got that was just stupid last week, too. Yep. That one, I mean, that was just, yeah, it's it's times where it's like, oh, you can punch the quarterback or you can fold the quarterback in half, but then you have someone like Justin Herbert where you just tackle him not even that hard, and it's like, oh, worst thing in the planet. And they go, but he landed on It's like the guy punched him in his face. That that is worse than an incidental contact. And it looked like he purposely just went down and swung down to him. Like it didn't even look incidental. That looked very purposeful. No, it's, it's been atrocious and there's been, there were several games. I mean, the McLaurin, I think everyone saw that one and it's been reviewed nonstop. When he, when, whenever you watch any wide receiver on any play and they point to the referee and they point back to you, that is a 100% the signal. You're good to go. You know, yeah. they will signal to them if they're off the line. And you saw them like the guy was getting ready. He couldn't throw that flag fast enough once that ball was snapped. He yep. was ready to call that, even though gave him the okay and then threw it. That is 100% bullshit. And, if, and especially with the NFL nowadays, and there's this much money that is going to be tied into the games, you cannot fuck that shit up. I don't know how they don't have. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you have? How, how many are on a crew? Six, I believe. Six to eight. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Let, let's just say eight. You have an eight, and you have sixteen games. That's going to be a hundred and twenty-eight. You know, referees. They need to have two hundred. You know, referees, and they need to have some on retainer. They need to have them paid full time for a season because when you have this much money that's going into games, it can't be dictated by some fuck up that and that doesn't have to answer to the media afterwards especially when plays yeah. are starting to dictate games now. Well, did you see everything during the Vikings game? No. So, number one, two uh, the, the, there were two fumble returns that we had that got drawn back because of early whistle. One yeah, – I, I did see the egregious one. Um, it was a fumble six. One you can somewhat argue because it was stopped um, with uh, – um, that was the forward progress one, right? Yeah, the, that one you can somewhat argue. I'm going to argue that the whistle was blown way too soon still because he was still trying to make football moves. Whatever. You know what? We'll go with that. Uh, the next one, the running back is clearly standing up. Like, he's not even in the process of going down, and the ball is already out of the hands, and you blow it dead. How? How does that even happen? And that was returned um, for a touchdown, brought back. Not only that, it was the same person, Chandon Sullivan, that it happened to both plays. So he's extremely pissed off. I get it. It takes his helmet off, 
15 yards the other way after after we get the fumble back. So not only did you screw this guy out of two fumble returns, you give him a 15 15 yard penalty after. Like, are you kidding me? And then we uh what was oh, it was a punt re, it was a punt return where Jer- Jalen Rager actually had a really good punt return and they called the player for face masking or hands to the face I think it's face masking. All it did was he just he was blocking and his hand slid down his face mask. Didn't grab or anything. It just slid down mm-hmm. far from a penalty. I mean, very, very far from a penalty. And it take it negates uh, uh you know us being on their 40, 40 yard line or something like that and puts us all the way back to their 10. Like it was it was very clear the refs had an agenda in <laughs> that second half, and thankfully the Vikings were able to overcome that. Yeah. It was I mean, just stupid. Again, with, with this being over a billion dollar league, well, well, billions, billions, how you don't have full time staff and that there is a disciplinary, you know, process um, with the uh, with the referee that the Chiefs are playing because and and this is not an indictment on the whole season, but this particular crew has uh, has done multiple Chiefs games um, with Carl Sheffers when he's refereed Chiefs games. The Chiefs are now one and six against the spread in the past seven games, and these are professional people that are that are pulling these numbers, not me. But the Chiefs are one and six against the spread with him as the in his crew as referee crew. The chances of that happening were a Chiefs with that high power of an offense and that particular crew where it always goes against it's about it's less than six percent of that happening. I, I mean that's where you start to get these people that say an NFL rigged and how do you argue against it when it's a consistent one crew is calling our, you know, certain teams a certain way compared to others. There's never, no one gets into refereeing without, without having grown up enjoying loving the NFL and not having team. Let, let's be honest, but mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything that he is a Texans fan. I mean, I, it, it it's literally, I don't know if the anti chiefs or if it's just, he calls the game a certain way. I, I don't know, but how it's always consistently against the Chiefs like that, it, it's it's a bad look. You know, there same, shouldn't be patterns like that. Same thing with the Vikings. I mean, we've had a ref tackler our safety in the middle yeah. of him going after an interception this season. We've had that yeah. last week we had Justin Jefferson being whistled out of bounds when he's clearly in bounds, and instead of getting a touchdown and getting the game closer with a lot more time on the clock, he gets whistled down. Like, first of all, keep your whistles out of your mouth, let the game happen. You can always you can always return the ball to somebody. You cannot add yardage to the play. You can't add a touchdown to a turnover. Mm-hmm. You can turn over that stuff. Keep your whistles out of your mouth. Let the play happen. Sort it out after. It's a pretty simple thing, actually. I don't understand why that's so hard. Um, but, yeah, but, and, and I understand where they want to try and blow some plays dead so there's not injuries, like especially when there's like a big pile up and everything. But – like you said, you can always let a play run, especially if it's if it's one where they're tiptoeing the sideline, and then go back and review it. You, mm-hmm. you know, so so why are we calling plays dead too early? And then there's some plays where you're watching and you're going, "This has been going on for six seconds. How are we still, you know, trying to run the ball and it's just been a pile?" You know. Well, and I had to laugh today because I love Pat McAfee. That's the one sports show that I watch rel- religiously. But he was talking about at in the fourth quarter, the Matt Ryan QB sneak fourth and one, 
where he was up. He's like, you got to make sure that is called as a first down and then you can reverse it after you review it. Well, you can't really, you really can't. Um, with there, with that many people in a pile, it's almost impossible to see that ball. It really is. So the other thing is the Vikings got screwed out big time. So you're going to screw them again. Instead, you know, it's just like, come on. Like if, if he even got a first down, I don't know if he did. I don't think he did. Um, the ball, it got whistled before a second chance or a second push. I think he was short, but you know what? You need a makeup. You need a makeup call on that one. <laughs> no, I, I agree. And, and, and it shouldn't even come to the makeup call. It, it should just be done correctly the first time. But. Yeah. And, and, and I like your, I like what you're saying. I there needs to be a full time staff of refs, not contracts out there, where the person that's working the football game on Sunday goes to his Monday job and makes a hundred thousand that you know at that job too. There needs to be an actual NFL official crew. You're paid based on your performance, and if mm-hmm. you start doing mess messing up a bunch of stuff like we've seen, you're out. Like it should be that simple. It really should. Yeah, I mean, the only time you should know referee's name is because it's, man, this guy's been here for 22 years like uh, Ed Hockley. You know, that's the mm-hmm. only reason you should know your name. I should know Carl Sheffer's name, but if you're going to consistently call bad against certain teams, people, I mean, there's, there's a lot of psychos out there in sports, but there's a lot of people that pick up on these types of trends and they're going, how, you know, it wouldn't shock me if if we come to see a Tim Donahue type of, or Donahue uh you know, type issue in the NFL in a few years where they're going, mm-hmm. you know, where people can blatantly see these types of calls. They have all the technology world. How often are we seeing in the world cup in tennis where they have state of the art technology, you're seeing a tennis ball flying at how, you know, 120 miles per hour and they're catching it going a 16th of an inch outside the, the court. And we can't figure out if someone's fucking toe is in, you know, we yeah. can't figure out if this is a fumble or not. I mean, it's it just, they're they're going to allow it. It's the same thing if you want to go back to, you know, to make this about college sports. It's going to be the same thing with playoffs. They're going to allow it as bad as possible until it, it potentially affects viewership and people start boycotting. Then all of a sudden they're going to change it. It, it, it will be, it'll be a solution that fast. And you're going, mm-hmm. why didn't you fix this 10, 15 years ago? Because they didn't want to pay for it. That's why making billions yeah. of dollars. They want to they want to squeeze every penny out of it. Until it, you know, the billions start dwindling a little bit because people know this isn't a fair product anymore, and I'm not going to give you my money anymore. Did did I see it correctly? Now I didn't watch any of the World Cup. I'm just not. I'm just not a soccer guy. But did I see it correctly that they implemented balls with chips in them this year? Yeah, I, I I'd have to look into it. I did know that. Uh, I do know that they had to. Like the funny videos of them charging the soccer balls to charge the chips that are inside. I don't know how that worked, but yeah, they did have some chips in the balls, specifically for out of bounds and stuff like this, because yeah. they realized on the global stage and at that high of stakes that they couldn't have fuck ups. Yeah, I mean, and I wouldn't think I wouldn't think that that would change. I mean, chips are so small now nowadays. I don't think that would change how football moves. I really don't. Yeah. So I don't know why I don't know why they can't do that now. Um because they don't have to. Again, until yeah. their revenue stream starts getting punished, they're gonna keep doing what they can, you know, so that it, there can be the human error part of it until human error becomes unacceptable and then you know, then we'll probably be complaining because it's all you know, there is no human error where it goes against our team so often, you know, but 
it's, so, yeah, it's not good. So, I mean, this is going with, there's, I mean, there's a lot of people out there saying basically lately, this is, the NFL is listed as an entertainment business. It's scripted yep. like WWE, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be curious. We play the Giants this year. There, I mean, this week, excuse me, the Saturday. Um, yep. Very obvious calls in that game that the refs helped that outcome a little bit, maybe more than a little bit. Yep. You know, NFL is based out of New York. Do they? New York hasn't had a reasonable team to get to the playoffs in how much time? It's a big market. It's the NFL's headquarters. Are they trying to do what they can to get the Giants in the playoffs? Again, that's a little conspiracy theory part of it, but I'll be curious to see how this is ref this Saturday against the Giants. It's Minnesota's home. Technically, you know, home teams are supposed to get a little bit of home cooking. Doesn't happen in Minnesota. I know that much. Uh, but yeah, I'll be curious to see how it works out this weekend. It, I would say, and, and I honestly, I think we should cut the referee stuff here because now we're just getting into negative. No one wants to hear this. But I agree. It just David said perfectly. The accountability is out of the. It, there's no accountability in the referee world now, and it, and it just it just pisses us off because when games are you know when we do invest the money and the time into a season and then it can be taken away just like that because of a bad call, it, it's it's not good. Yeah, I mean that the whole deal with Washington that could be the difference between wild card and nothing. Yep, agreed. Yeah. Oh. That that's it's ridiculous. Um, you know, other things that went on Sunday. Um, Cowboys lose to the Jaguars. I don't know what to make of the Cowboys. You have, I mean, they scored thirty-four points, um, but they crush the Vikings. But then they lose to the Jaguars. I don't know what to make of that team. Jaguars. I think right now it's it's they have not been good all year, and we've repeatedly said it. I think Trevor Lawrence is just coming into his own, dude. I mean, he's had three or four games now. He's had over 300 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, that that's starting to become a trend. That isn't just a fluke one, one-off one game, which it was three weeks ago when we were saying, I'm not saying that this Jaguars team is good. Well, now the Sun, they won three of four. They, uh, they have three of these four games where he's balling out. They're Right now they're watching their, their other team in their uh, division that's been leading this whole time, uh, Tennessee Titans. They're refusing to win a game now. <laughs> I mean, the, the Jaguars smell blood, and I think they're going for it, dude. And it all started when they beat their ass a couple weeks ago. Who has the tiebreaker in that series? Uh, right now the Jaguars do because they I think they're 1-0 they? versus them this year. Okay. So, yeah, they are. I mean, You're right. You're right. Yeah. So, I mean, with the Jaguars here, I'm trying to get their schedule pulled up. But they might be the real deal at this point. Yeah, there's at one point where they lost to the Chiefs and they were sitting at three and seven. And I'm sitting here, you know, toting about this is the Jaguars that we talked that we, you know, that we've known. They are not a good team, yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, since that Chiefs game, they're three and one right now and they're only lost a crazy 40 to 14 loss to the Lions, who's another hot team that's going to try and sneak in the playoffs. But who have they beat along the way? They have beat a playoff team, Ravens. Um, I believe that they did have Lamar in that game. They beat a – on the road, they, they beat a playoff team, Titans, right now. Next week, they beat a playoff team, Cowboys. They're beating the top teams in their next three games at Jets, at Texans, Titans. That could very easily be a, a 3-0 slate there, and now we're sitting in a 9-7 and Jaguars team. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee looks terrible. They may not win another game this season. 
Well, I guess and, they've got they've got the Texans this week, so they might win that one. But they've got the Cowboys and the Jaguars again. I don't. I think they go one and two. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not even saying that the Titans are going to be able to do that. Now the Titans have a much much better defense than the Chiefs than the Chiefs do. But I mean, again, the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, the, the Cowboys almost lost to them. I mean, this Texans team mm-hmm. is red hot. They're not winning games, but they're putting they're putting some pieces together. And you know this would be the cherry on top of everyone going. Derrick Henry owns the these Houston Texans. That you know, there's no way. Everyone said no way about the Chiefs too, and they took them to overtime. So I mean, I wouldn't say anything about this Titans team as oh, better watch out for them. They they are uh, you know the, this is a team that we're I think we're feigning is good. You know the the Tennessee Titans they are 7 and 7 right now they are sitting at 500 they are really leading their division the Tennessee Titans are 2 and 6 versus playoff teams uh, and say in uh oh sh- I, I think I have this backwards i i put 2 and 6 versus playoff teams and i said one of them was the jags but the jags won that game so i even have my stats backwards but so they might be yeah. 1 and 7 versus playoff teams the other one is the commanders which that one's up in the air if they make it right now and then they're five and one versus non-playoff teams. So they're not beating the teams they need to, and they're taking care of business. So that tells me that, that it's honestly perfect. They're seven and seven. It's showing they're right at mediocrity of beating the teams they're supposed to, but losing against the teams that are better than them. It just it makes me it it, it reminds me so much of the Vikings with Adrian Peterson in his prime, where you have a stud running back who just makes the team go. Oh, he's the last non quarterback MVP in the league. Um, and that was the season we have Christian Ponder, who just, I think Samantha Ponder has a better arm than he does. Yep. I, it's, it's just, it reminds me so much of them and they don't have as good of a team. I mean, Adrian Peterson, he's, he's one of five in, in my opinion, in history. Um, Derrick Henry's amazing. And, and I had to say, I was kind of thinking, you know, Derrick Henry's kind of fallen off this year. He's second in the NFL for rushing yards. I believe, I think he's just behind, uh, the dude for the uh, Raiders, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. So he's having a really good season still, but he, yeah, it's it's you can only do go so far with just a running back. Agreed. I, and I I heard some Jag, Jaguar fans that said it best. They're like, "Hey, you know, we for years we've been jealous of having a star, and you know, of Tennessee having a star in Derrick Henry. <clears throat> I would rather have had a couple bad seasons." And our star is the quarterback now because you're yeah. seeing what the Titans are doing every year with Derrick Henry, which is just enough to shit the bed in the playoffs so that you don't get a better draft stock, so that you don't get the top premier players that, you know, at the beginning of the draft. The Jaguars have been pretty good at doing that the last decade. And now all of a sudden you're starting to see the talent come up from every time when you have the number one overall pick. And now, you know, it's flourishing and they do have a star quarterback, I think. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think Willis is going to be their star quarterback. I just, I just don't. Um, but no, there you could be. Have or you don't, and you've seen it with Joe Burrow. You've seen it with, with Patrick Mahomes in his second year. These rookie, th- these guys are coming out of college. They're ready to go. So if you're not going to give them the opportunity like Malik Willis did in the Chiefs game, and you're just going to give them eight times a pass, and you don't complete a pass to a wide receiver, you're not going to win the, those games, and you're not going to win in this league. So. I honestly think unless they develop Malik Willis in this offseason, I think they have to move on and they have to find the play. I mean, honestly, if they could trade for for Aaron Rodgers somehow, you know, because they were, you know, everyone just speculates what quarterbacks are going to be available. But, 
you know, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, uh, I mean, fucking Baker Mayfield. Can you make these guys an offer and have yourself a at least an above-average quarterback that can get enough pressure off of Derrick Henry to let him cook and and create something? Yeah, I was going to say for free agent quarterbacks, you got potentially Tom Brady. Um, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Tom Brady. Lamar Jackson is is someone going to be able to get Lamar Jackson away from from uh, Baltimore? And is he get and is Baltimore going to want him? I guess that's the other thing. Um, That'd be he, interesting if you got Lamar Jackson because I mean, what's Malik Willis other than a shittier Lamar Jackson right now? Yeah, are you willing to pay that? And and uh, are the Ravens going to take him? Basically, um, Baker Mayfield is he is he good? Is he not good? I don't know. I don't think he's any worse than Tannehill or 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 Willis, um, Jimmy G. Are you willing to throw your your wagon behind that? Um, Geno Smith, maybe. Geno Smith has been decent. I don't think they get him out of out of uh, out of Seattle. Maybe Drew Locke. I don't know what he does. I mean, he didn't impress me in Broncos. I mean, we're mm-hmm. we're just oh, spitballing yeah. here, and and I'm looking at a uh, Derrick Henry's contract. He's got a four year, fifty million dollar contract. So. I don't know how much how much that's going to affect it. It's not going to be as bad as Ezekiel Elliott's, but um, yeah, I mean, you just because he can't overpay for a running back in this league now, dude. You need to have a quarterback, you know. And, and if you're not going to have a star quarterback, you need to have a cheap quarterback so you can build around him. Yeah, so they they need to do something. I don't think Tannehill's the answer. I definitely don't think Willis is. Yep. But no, but I'm I'm looking at Ezekiel Elliott's contract, six years, ninety million. Yeah, Derrick Henry's a fucking steal at four years, yeah. fifty. I would say Dalvin Cooks is worse than that, harder than that. I agree. Um, moving on, we had the potentially the worst play in the history of the NFL with the Raiders and Patriots game. Yeah. So I I would say with that, uh, and again, I think guys get way too competitive, and I agree with it. If you're not out there to play to win. What are you out there for? But when you're, you know, when you're laddering the ball, you have to have some sense of who you're throwing the ball to. You, you know, you don't just chuck it for, you know, to a, a QB that's sitting It's only him. You chuck it 40 yards downfield. And and Chandler Jones pro- felt like he probably won the freaking lottery with that. Here I caught it. And who's the one person that's blocking me that I can't intentionally hit now because I'm a ball carrier is Mac Jones. Of course, that was what's going to happen, dude. Yeah. I, I mean, it, the, I mean, Raider, hey, congrats! The Raiders didn't Raider this week; they damn near did. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, it was a very entertaining uh, end of a game. That was so bad. So bad. going to overtime. Why even try? I don't even know why you try lateraling that because, or uh, you know, even try to pro- progress the ball. I, I I don't know. I don't know why you're trying if, to do if, that. If you're going to overtime like that, it's you hook and ladder it. You did. You get the one intent. Unless it is a scripted play, you do the one lateral on the hook. You get it going the opposite direction. If you don't get it, go, you go to overtime. Yeah, there's absolutely no reason that play should have happened. But I, mean, um, I did find a stat. There have been exactly two games, uh, game-winning uh, walk-off touchdowns on multi-lateral games in NFL history. It was the Patriots lateraling it to the Raiders in 2022. And then it was the Patriots allowing touchdown to the Dolphins in, in 2018. So both times the Patriots have been on the losing side. That's crazy. I wouldn't have figured 2018, but. Yeah. 
Um, you know, it's in New England has a somewhat decent defense. Just I don't even know why you call a play there. Just go into overtime and and try try to win in overtime. Try to get a stop or you just get the ball and score either way. Both are young teams, just not disciplined, which is very unlike a Bill Belichick team, but Yeah. I had to laugh. One of the guys on Pat McAfee is a uh huge, huge Patriots fan. He's like, New England doesn't have a good football team, but they have three stud quarterbacks that they can use right now. <laughs> I'd say you, you get what you can out of Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, man. I, I, I saw him play a couple games, and I think the kids just got it. I think he's going to be a solid backup, even if they trade him, but no. It's... Well, so I didn't bring I didn't bring this game up, but uh, the Bears and the Eagles. The Eagles just you know, squeaked by the Bears 25-20. Uh, Justin Fields playing really good, uh, and we can talk about him in a second. But Jalen Hurts might be out the rest of the regular season. Um, was a sprained shoulder, I believe it was. Yep. So his backup is Gardner Minshew. I, that I don't know if that's a huge drop off. Gardner Gardner seems to be able to pull out wins too. Uh, well, it's a drop off. Don't get me wrong. It's a drop off. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, I was saying, but I still feel like they can win but... games. I, I think yeah. they can still win games with Gardner, and he reminds me of. Uh, of Heineke now, um, Case Keenan when he was with the Vikings, he just has the factor of he just goes out, doesn't care, he lets loose, and they win game. You can win games like that pretty easily. I think with Gardner Minshew, he proved enough with the Jaguars first off that he was going to be a valuable quarterback. Um, but I would say I think they'll be just fine if you can go. I mean, I'm looking at the playoff picture right now for the NFC. You have the Eagles that are very clearly the number one seed. Mm-hmm. And then I would say right now the closest team is, I believe, two two games back. And yeah. then the next two are Niners and Cowboys. That are and they have the tiebreaker back. too. Yeah. So they, so, they have mean, to lose all three games and the Vikings have to win out in order to get the one seed. So, again, I think you just rest. To, if, if Gardner can win the Saints game. They'll be fine. And that shouldn't be an issue. Yep, I, I agree. Gardner, he's just got that swagger about him. Just enough where, again, I, I wouldn't worry one bit. If if it was like when, uh, I would say, the Chiefs, I think we had, uh, was it Chad Henney or uh, Matt Moore? It doesn't matter. But it was just enough. It's like, mm, we can go two and two in this stretch. You know, and, and that's all we need. Yeah. That's all the it's, Eagles need because they took care of business early in the year. It was Matt Moore because that was one of those games where I'm like, thank God the Vikings don't have to face uh, – Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. we still lost. <laughs> now I would say if, I, if I'm the Cowboys, though, this is a relief because the Cowboys they, I mean, they, they, again, they're, they're a top four seed right now, or they are they're number five right now because uh, because the Eagles won the uh, division here. But I mean, if you look at their schedule, the only I would say playoff caliber quarterback that they've beat was Joe Burrow week two when they were just absolute dog shit. And, and they barely beat him. It was 20 to 17 week two. But otherwise, if you're the Cowboys, it, one, you're feeling pretty lucky. You don't have to play, play Jalen Hurts because there are three lo- – uh, I'm sorry, four losses this year. Tom Brady with the Buccaneers, Jalen Hurts with the Eagles, Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers, and now you know the Jaguars with a thriving Trevor Lawrence. They, they, the Cowboys kryptonite is any quarterback that has a pulse and that can, you know, can lead a team. Again, Cowboys have beaten everyone they should have, and they're not, they haven't taken that next step of beating someone that, you know, 
they're not raising their ceiling at all. They're beating everyone they should, and they can't take the next step. No, and I feel I feel I'd feel much better. I don't want to face them, but I would feel much better if the Vikings had to face them again in the playoffs, um, mm-hmm. just because I it was just a stupid game of of a bunch of fluky stuff again. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I think it's the Eagles to lose in the play and for the NFC still. I really do. Um, I hate saying that because I really want the Vikings to beat them, but I just mm. there just really haven't been any teams to show they're better. I think that one's a bit more fluky though. And again, that that is that's more of an indictment on your defense. Is yeah. the Vikings defense going to keep you in games or are they going to shit the bed for a quarter and a half and you have no time to come back, especially with a with a team that can score points like the Cowboys. Well, that and half of our team was injured too that game. Yep. So again, like you said, I think round two would be a hell of a lot closer. Um, it's just going to be interesting how that plays out. Yeah. Yeah, but at this point, I I don't want to play Philadelphia or San Francisco. Yep. That's basically it. Um, I agree. And then, those daunting defenses. Yeah, and so just moving on. We talked about the Titans. The Titans just – they just suck right now. On the NFC side of it, their sibling, the the Buccaneers, just blew a, another big lead uh, to Cincinnati. Joe Burrow really brought them back the second half there. Not as impressive as the Vikings come back, but it was still a pretty good comeback there. Yeah, no, I would say he led them back. Now, I don't know if that was more – I was trying to find like the stats on on if one was like over like the Chiefs they were overwhelmingly every stat they were ahead of the the Texans but they had long drives and then fumbled the ball and allowed them to score touchdowns on each of those giveaways. Mm-hmm. Um, with this one, I'll be honest, I was napping on my couch half watching it, and I don't know if they just got too relaxed. If they, I really don't know what the Buccaneers' injury situation is. Um, I don't know if they just straight up didn't make second half adjustments. And that's where Zach Taylor kind of thrives with the Bengals. Is he, okay, this isn't working. We're just going to change how we're going about it. And immediately it seems like these other head coaches can't make the second half adjustments to his second half adjustments. Yeah. Um, This brings up the next question. Do divisions like the NFC South that are so terrible, sorry, but they're terrible. Buccaneers are leading with what, a seven and eight record? I know they're Buccaneers know they're, right now. They are six and eight, six and eight. So they've got a six and eight record and they're leading the division. Do, do divisions like this even deserve to have a representative in the, in the playoffs? <laughs> That's always kind of the fun part of, of the NFL. Um, I think they do just because I'm also a fan of big 12 football. And I think, even <laughs> if we're not the sec or big 10, we deserve our shot, you know? So I think there's going to be teams that they do deserve it, but I mean, hell it, it was uh, proven. It was the, Oh goodness, the saints Seattle game. Do you remember that playoff game about a decade ago where I think mm-hmm. Seattle came in with a losing record seven and nine and they went in and they beat the hell out of the saints. Mm-mm, I don't remember that. I, I mean, they, there's going to be teams that always sneak into these playoffs that, that quote unquote don't deserve it. But I mean, again, it, it, the Bucks—if they can win their division at, at only having seven, eight wins, you know, more more power to them. I guess just, you know, it, it's going to be how are they going to play in the when they actually play a playoff team? Which, honestly, the Buccaneers—they have—they have been another team that has really suffered with injuries this year. 
I just don't know, even if they're 100% healthy, if they're going to be able to compete. I, I mean, I'm looking at their games right now. They did beat the Cowboys week one, but again, they, they've beat the teams they're supposed to, Saints, Falcons, Rams, Seahawks was a little bit of a shock, and Saints again. But every other team they've lost to the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes of the Chiefs. I mean, Steelers, Panthers, Ravens, Browns, Niners, Bengals. I mean, any team that that's somewhat relevant, they've kind of lost to at this point. And then in their own division, they're just kind of beating up on each other. And what's crazy is they're six and eight. All all the three other teams are all five and nine. So it's still not a done deal with that division. Yeah, I mean, it's bad when you're the four seed and you're still in the hunt and the on the NFL official <laughs> playoff picture right now. So yep. Yeah, I mean, there's a good battle going on with the wild card, but again, the wild card is it's seven and seven, well, mm-hmm. seven and eight and one or whatever, so or seven six and one seven seven one whatever. There's a, there's a tie in there, um, but the Lions are in there at seven and seven. Uh, Seahawks are right there at seven and seven. Um, the AFC is not quite that that uh, easy. There's still a couple. You know, I, I still don't think five hundred is going to get you into the AFC. I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Now both te- I would say both divi- our uh, conferences still have fourteen teams eligible for like I mean the Colts can still technically make the uh, playoffs I believe if they win out and a lot of other stuff happens but uh, yeah I mean the NFC is is getting pretty close to set in stone I would say you you already have the Eagles Vikes Niners and Cowboys that have clinched the playoffs um, right now in the AFC it's only the Bills Chiefs right now everyone else is kind of intermingling which the only the only thing that i think is going to have a large implication late in the season is the Bengals and bills still have to play each other so if the chiefs win out and the Bengals somehow beat the the bills late in the year that is the only thing that you know and honestly if the chiefs trip up and the Bengals win out and they beat the bills then the Bengals can still be the number one overall seed so the AFC is just more top heavy. Who's going to be the number one seed? NFC, it's like who the hell is even going to you know get into the playoffs at this point? Yeah, you you uh, brought up the idea for uh, power ranking for the divisions. I would say NFC East best right now, right? Yeah, I mean, I, everyone thought AFC West at the beginning of the year, but I, I mean, I don't know how you go against the NFC East. I think NFC South is up there for the worst. Honestly, AFC and NFC South, th- those two, two worst. Honestly, I would say right now, NFC South, as much as we were about to share them, I'd say they're better than the AFC South. AFC South so? has Houston. They have the Colts. They have, you know, they, the Jags and the Titans are slipping. The The only top team in their division right now is the Jags, who are starting to thrive, and they're at 6-8 and eight right now. They at least have one team that's 500, though. Eh, yeah. Two, two divisions, one 500 team. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats, you know. Yeah, I want to see those teams go to go against each other. I want to see a four-team playoff, worst mm-hmm. four team, worst division. Toilet get tight, Titans versus Tampa. You got the Saints versus the the Colts or something. I think that'd be fun. A loser, fun deal. Loser gets relegated to the SEC. Bama gets kicked back up. Yes. Not, not yes. because they could even win the SEC this year, just because that that's just the easy example. And we need to see Saban when he failed in the NFL again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that wouldn't that be fun? National champion goes up to the NFL. Texans go down to to replace them. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you remember when Nick Saban made that one NFL lineman cry for the Dolphins? No. 
No, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to look it up and send it to you. But yeah, I just still remember the the Sports Center like yeah Saban and it shows little Nick Saban who's you know I'm sorry he's not little by any means but you compare him to like a six seven lineman and then he he's walking out grown ass man crying on the uh, crying on the practice field because of Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. So, I have no, a, you, you bring I that up. That, there's some, I want to try to find a picture because I was just kind of amazed. I think I think the obviously divisions are going to be uh, are necessary. It always does kind of suck though when you do have an NFC East where it's you have a very top tier Eagles, you have two above average, you know, ten win teams, and then you have a Commanders that are vying for a spot and they don't get it. But the Buccaneers that you know. Right now, they could go probably seven and uh, seven and ten, and still make the playoffs. You know, yeah, I can't find the picture, but it was uh, it was of Greg Joseph after he made the game-winning kick. Yeah, and he, uh, I don't know, I figured he was the NFL. He was a somewhat decent-sized guy, but he's standing right by our right tackle, and Ooh. it was just night. Like is the giant versus. Me, me, like it was just David's. ridiculous. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. The the size difference. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not too shocked. The the lineman's bigger than the kicker there. Well, no, but I just figure you know in the NFL you've got to be six two or something like that. But no, just tiny, super tiny. Hey, as long as it goes to the uprights, right? Happens once in a while. So, oh shit, man. Well, I would say, was there anything else you wanted to talk on NFL here? I don't think so. I think we, you know, it was a good week of football. We got another, I don't know, like three weeks left. It's just kind of getting to the end, but a lot that can happen still. Well, uh, I guess the the reason I wanted to ask you, because we were just talking about a uh, um, the Titans, and it kind of reminds me, giant blue people that had a, uh, you, you know, that you thought they were going to be really good, and then they, everything crumbled around them, you know? It reminds me of the last Avatar movie, and Avatar 2 just came out. Heck yeah, and we both happen to go to it. Yeah, no, I would say I uh, – real quick, let's just say spoilers in case anything gets released. I, I think we're going to do kind of a non-spoiler one, but if you don't want to hear anything about it, just end it now. We're done with the NFL talk and appreciate you listening, but we're just going to take a couple minutes on the Avatar 2. But uh, I guess what were your initial thoughts on it? Um, so – the first Avatar, I remember seeing it when I was in college. It was 13 years ago when it came out. It was my first year of college, maybe second year of college. And I remember going to it in 3D and thinking this was the greatest cinematic experience I've ever been to. I've seen 3D movies before and it's like, ah, whatever. But Jimmy Cameron knew what he was doing. And while the movie itself, the movie itself, it's solid. It's very solid. But, you know, it's not like it's got the strongest storyline or whatever. But it's just such a well-made movie that I love. One of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And then we keep hearing there's going to be a sequel coming out. A sequel's coming, guys. A sequel, Avatar Two is coming. Well, 13 years later, it finally came. Hold on, and, real quick. No, they not only said there's going to be se- there's not going to be a sequel. There's going to be sequels. sequels. There's going to yeah. be five Avatars made, and we're going. We haven't seen Avatar Two. It's been over a decade. Yep. Which I guess they've gotten what I saw ninety five percent of Avatar three shot and pretty good amount of Avatar four already I think. There's so uh, rumors of a nine hour cut of Avatar four. They haven't even got the third one out, and he knows he wants a nine hour cut of Avatar four. Nuts, 
But yeah, so we waited 13 years for it, and mainly because James Cameron wants to just, again, blow everyone out of the water with the special effects, and he wants technology to catch up to his vi vision. And you said last week that he's kind of he, he's kind of egotistical with some of the comments he has made. Well, shit, he lived up to it. He, he truly did. Um, I thought this was a better movie than the second one. Um, I guess spoilers somewhat. This movie wouldn't have been three hours, 15 minutes long if if uh, Jake's kids would actually listen to him. You know, if, if, if he was a better father and his kids respected him, maybe none of this stuff would have happened. I don't know. But oh, anyway. Teenagers, though, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was what we said, three hours, 15 minutes. Yeah. Didn't feel that way. Went by very fast. Um, I went – I. I wasn't going to see this in regular format. It was going to have to be in 3D or else I wasn't going to see it. Yep. Um, very glad I did. It was worth the extra $2. It was just phenomenal. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of times you watch Marvel movies and the CGI and, and special effects are kind of like, eh, it's kind of goofy. This was so realistic. The last hour or 45 minutes, whatever the main battle was, the lighting, the animation, it was so realistic. I couldn't believe it. I, it was it was phenomenal. I was back to 2009 in awe in the movie theater thinking, wow, this is amazing. I agree. So a few things. I mean, one, you mentioned how the movie would have been a lot shorter if the kids would have paid attention. I say the same thing if you ever watch a Lifetime movie. Um, where it, it's always some, you know, all strong independent woman in the end, but they have to deal with a conflict of a, usually a man that can't, you know, understand why they rejected him or whatever. Okay. And I've always told my mother, anytime you watch a, a Lifetime movie, if they just had a gun, this thing would have been over in 15 minutes or it wouldn't have lingered on for as long as it did. You know, the guy's going to get the message pretty clear, but mm -hmm. regardless, back to actual good movies here. Um I agree. I think a, a lot of it, a lot of the memes and a lot of making fun of them was uh, with the first movie is they copied, they, they copied Pocahontas. But I'll be honest, man, that 3D in theaters, that, that's what got everyone hooked the first time. So I listened to you. I went to it in 3D as well. And with this one, it was very interesting how immediately they took them out of their original environment, a completely different one. And uh, this is not a spoiler where the freaking movie is called The Way of Water. A lot of it's in the water. No, no shit, you know, but James Cameron was talking about how I needed to have the right cameras in order to make the, the film work. And I'm thinking this is CGI, you know, and there's a lot of other stuff. What, what are you talking about? The, the right cameras to make it work? Well, I did a little research. Have you seen the movie Gemini, man? Um, a long time ago. I, I don't remember anything about it. So I, I was just going to say, if you remember the bike scene, there's a lot of people that complain how unrealistic it looked and it looked a bit video game-ish because they shot that in 60 frames per second. Now, when they shot this movie, the, you could tell the difference between when they're on land, it was a little more realistic, and a lot of movies shoot it in 24 per frames per second. But they mentioned how every time they're in the water, they upped it to 48. That's where all of a sudden when you're doing 3D and this immersion, you're going, why is it so freaking crystal clear? And like, I noticed even during the action scenes, uh, the surprise, there's one big battle at the end, like the, like the last Avatar. But how everything looks so clear when they were shooting and, and everything else, I don't get... Uh, I mean, it, it, I was just in awe of how does this look so much better than any other action film that I've seen in the last 
five years, you know? We've talked yeah. about how Marvel CGI looks has looked bad. The Hobbit series or the Hobbit um movie trilogy, that CGI looked awful, you know, and, and and now you're starting to see where they use more practical effects like in the Ring of Power. I haven't had any issues with anything looking like, oh my god, that looks so you know, we understand it's out it's out of our world, but it looks realistic. This Avatar movie I mean, yes, they're they're aliens, but you would never assume that this. Yep, that's CGI. That is terrible CGI. I mean, it, it was amazing, man. So, mm-hmm. I mean, congrats. You know, props to to James Cameron. I know he's been waiting for my props this whole time, but I mean, he just. I mean, he blew it out of the water. I don't really know how to say it other than you know we're making fun of you know funny the idea of of him you know waiting until the right moment and and you know he proved it by waiting 13 years and having it look that incredible where you're going okay i trust everything he's gonna say going forward um one note that is not about the movie i had a really good chuckle of everyone that was waiting either outside of premiere or something recently and everyone's like james james can i get an autograph james it was all these people that reselled on the internet you know mm-hmm. scum of the earth type people and he walks right by him without even acknowledging him, kind of that cocky James Cameron shit. He's been to the bottom of the fucking ocean. You know, he doesn't care about signing an autograph. And they literally start booing the man. They literally, boo, boo, Avatar sucks. It's like, so it's like, first off, you didn't deserve <laughs> this this uh, autograph anyways. And then instantly the, the, the windows were up. You see the window come down, they get quiet, and he just sticks out his middle finger right out the freaking window. Good. I, I was so That's happy that moment. It made it made the movie somehow that much better seeing him flip off adult autograph seekers. That's really funny. Um, you know, and you mentioned with the technology, I, you have to give it up to the actors too. Which I mean, Zoe Saldana, she's in Guardians of the Galaxy. She's in a lot of stuff. She's big. She's I haven't really seen. Queen. What's that? She's a franchise queen. Everything she's in makes a billion dollars. Yeah, I I haven't seen a ton of Sam Worthington lately, um, but all these actors put in a ton of work for this. You mentioned all the underwater cameras and stuff. They did all this training to be able to stay underwater forever where I think Kate Winslet, she's in it. Mm -hmm. She was able to go like seven and a half minutes underwater. And so they did a lot of this acting actually underwater um, four minutes at a time. That's incredible. I can keep my, I can hold my breath for 15 seconds because of asthma. You know, it's, it's, it's just incredible. Um, So even the the actors and actresses just did a ton to to really just outdo everything. It really this is at this point now, this is the standard at which movies are shot, in my opinion. Yeah, anything less than this that is supposed to be a masterpiece or whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean this is kind of the new. Okay, here's the new. Like you said, this is the new standard. You have to reach up to it. You know, if, if there's any movie that's coming up that I have a feeling, actually a couple of things. I hope Oppenheimer is shot this well and and the acting is, is this good. With Chris um, Nolan, I have no doubt. I, I, I agreed. Um, well, actually, I have one more other movie I wanted to talk about. Real quick on Avatar. Did you know in Avatar 1 it was supposed to be Matt Damon and not Sam Worthington? Yes, and I think I saw something about James Cameron's reaction to Matt Damon's... Uh, yeah. yeah. Matt Damon was offered 10% of Avatar and he turned it down. That only turned into what, like $113 billion or a million dollars? No, that'd be over 200 now because it, it grossed mm-hmm. more. Yeah, just $200 million, Matt Damon. And he laughs it off now because he's made 
so much money in his career, but that's got to be a pit in your fucking stomach, dude. I'm trying to think what his what James Cameron's reaction was. I, I'm going to take a look at it here and try to find it. Well, while you're looking that up, um, I don't know about you, man, but they had a lot of solid previews um, before uh, uh, before this movie. And one, the, there's one, there's a new one coming out with Adam Driver called 65. I'm not huge into dinosaur movies. That one looks decent enough that I might give it a shot, you know, on a, uh, you know, I, I get a once a, a which, month. Sorry, which movie? 65. Oh, that looks, yeah, that looks good. That one didn't play in my theater, but I did see the trailer for that a couple days ago, and I thought that looked really good. Um, yeah, James Cameron's reaction was, get over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You had your fucking shot, Matt Damon. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, you know what movie I really want to see, and I'm going to have to, uh, you know, I'm going to have to find someone to go with me, is I kind of want to see the new Barbie movie. That one looks really fun. <laughs> was, that, was that a preview for you, too? Yeah, that was one was of the it? previews. Yeah, for us. It, it, if you haven't seen it, just look up the Barbie trailer, and it, it's like it's got like Stan uh, Margot Robbie, right? Yeah, with Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling. Um, I, I mean, honestly, it, it was originally supposed to be Amy Schumer in this movie, and then they're like, oh, you know, what? let's not get someone disgusting and actually have Margot Robbie in it. Oh, and yeah, now now it's like, oh, you mean getting a Barbie that looks like Barbie? Interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. It, it just looks like one. Of, it's like the Super Mario movie. It is kind of like you know. If I don't get judged, I'd go and see that in theaters as well. Super Mario looks entertaining. Yeah. So, did you have any other previews? Um, Oppenheimer, which uh, which I looks good. You didn't I have see, that. Damn it! I was looking forward to that because I heard that there was going to be a preview for it. It it's on YouTube right now. If you want to check okay. it out, I would recommend if you haven't looking at all three of those uh, previews I mentioned. Um. They have a new Dungeons and Dragons movie, which I'm not huge into. It's kind of an interesting concept with uh, Chris Pine in it, which seems like he's just kind of going for, hey, I'm just going to do whatever I want now. You know, he's done enough of his character actors and, yep. you know, get, now he's just, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to take the money and do do uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, he was a uh, horrible, horrible bosses, too, also, wasn't he? Was he? Chris Pine, Chris Pine was the son of the head guy. I thought that, that was kid, uh, that, Colin Farrell. That was the first one. Oh, that was the first one. Shit, I, they, maybe I don't remember. Uh, yeah, the, se- the second one they kidnap him. He's the he's the son of uh, of the horrible boss or whatever, and so they okay. kidnap him uh, yeah. for like fifteen million or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the, the guy's just like, "Okay, you can have him, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can have my shitty son. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to rewatch it. I mean that 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 trio is such a good comedy trio. Let alone mm-hmm. you throw in Chris Pine. I think I might have. Now you mention it. Because when he wasn't he just like a just a big old piece of shit, to be honest. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll, I'm going to have to rewatch that. That's been a while. But but yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was just one of those like, again, you, you see all these kind of nostalgia movies and stuff that grew up with. And like, okay, Barbie. But then it's just like, when you, see, I don't know, Ryan Gosling, he can do no wrong. I don't think Margot Robbie can really do no wrong right now. She's great. Um, Oh, goodness. I, I, I always get his name Sima Liu uh, Shang uh, Shang Chi. Oh yeah, Shang Chi guy. Yeah. Yeah, he he he's in it as well. I mean, okay. they've got a, a lot of big name people in it. It's it just one of those. I don't know. I think it's probably going to be funny enough. It'll probably be PG to get enough of the you know younger audience in there. So that that's where it's like I need to find I need to find a child to bring. <laughs> I can't just go to the theaters by <laughs> myself. I don't think, but. 
don't know. It it it, lo- it looks pretty good. Um. So our theater, the first one we had, Indiana Jones four. I don't yeah, give a shit. Yeah. Are you kidding I, me? Like I'm never. I'm not a huge indie guy, so it's not. For no, me. but Harrison Ford is just. Too, I'm sorry, but he's too old to the point that he should be making these kind of movies. They de-aged him really well, though, in the scenes that apparently they're going back in time or something. Okay, yeah, I I don't know. It's just, like, whatever. Um, the next one was Guardians of the Galaxy 3, the third one. Um, I'll, I'll watch that. I'll definitely yep. see that. I don't even remember what the third preview was. It was oh, definitely it, something I wasn't going to see, so. I'm trying to think, because I think we had a Marvel one. I cannot remember. Yeah, I, yeah I, we had I, Guardians. Maybe it was Guardians. I, I can't remember, but yeah, not, I mean, honestly, it's the first movie I've been to in a couple months, and and all of them were previews for brand new movies. And the first release of that Oppenheimer, I would yeah. definitely give it a give it a ch- uh, check it out because yeah. again, we talked about it last week, but Christopher Nolan made a fucking nuclear bomb to film himself. This isn't CGI. This guy is crazy, and mm-hmm. he's gonna make a crazy good movie. Yeah, I love that. He's he's easily my f- most favorite director, and Jimmy Cameron might be second now after after what he does. He's got a good resume. Um, I was gonna t- to wrap up Avatar. I was gonna say a couple more things. I guess a couple critiques. I suppose I felt like it could have been twenty minutes shorter. Um, I felt like there's a lot of time where they just kind of showcase the ocean. At the same time, I know James Cameron loves the ocean. He spends a lot of time diving and stuff. So I, you know, it's, it's probably more for his entertainment than anything. And just, you know, look at how great the ocean is. It was awesome stuff. It just kind of like, okay, we can move on here. Um, the other thing, I guess this this is He a, said that he orig- had the original dream for Avatar at 19 years old. Really? Yeah, he had. it was so vivid that he had to start writing. He started sketching it that night. Wow. That's, I mean, they, those people have different brains than me. Yeah. It's definitely more creative. Um, the other thing is, and I guess big spoiler here. Can I do a spoiler, Brian? We've we've already given two spoiler warnings now, so don't listen if you want this spoiled. Fast forward two minutes ahead. Um, so, yeah, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I How they brought back Stephen Lang, I yeah. like how they brought him back as a as a avatar. I hate James Cameron has said he's going to be the villain of every of all the avatars. I hate how they kept him going. Yeah, I I, I agree, and I also I I'm sorry, fucking Spider or the hell his name is, but yeah, that 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 project uh Project Phoenix uh, is you had a tag on the front. I kind of yeah, it was kind of one of those. I agree. And that was all that he was going to do at that point, though, is you knew once he was like, I just need you to ride along with me. Otherwise, we're putting you back in the machine. You knew he was just going to emotionally manipulate the kid, you yeah. know, and and, and, mean, and, and and I think we just with him growing up with the Sully family, Sully stay together d- despite all of their faults. It's family. He knows he is the smallest form of family. And honestly, I think it didn't help that um, that. um Natiri um, had a gun to his ne- neck and then cut his chest and then threatened to stab with the fear. I mean, you saw him when he saw, like, everyone saw, like, oh, shit, she used to be actually a wild animal before she had kids and kind of settled down. Like, she was a hunter and everything, you know? And I mm-hmm. think kind of a little bit of, like, oh, I was used as bait. You know, she didn't care about my life at all. I think that's going to carry over to the third one where he is going to, hey, why do I, you know, 
as they said at the beginning, she always thinks he's still an alien. She knows he is now the son of of uh, Lang. Yeah, you know, it, it's it is just one of those. I bet you that's how it continues. You know, it, but it'll be interesting. Like they went from the forest to now they're water people. Are they going to be? Are they going to be desert people next? Swamp people? I mean, what are, what's the what is what's the your, next? What's your prediction for the next one? Avatar three lost in space. I got no clue. That it's, that's the best part of that. It's one of those movies where I don't want to look up spoilers anymore. I'd rather just react in real time. So I'm going to, my, my guess, and this is just a guess. I haven't, I, I don't want to look on the internet, blah, blah, blah. My guess is going to be underground. Yeah. Okay. Like cave that. type people. Yeah, cave, and then everything again. They went into a dark, scary environment that really gets beautiful once everything gets lit, lit up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, how many more different animals that you can add extra fins and wings to that don't need them and shit? I mean, it, it is. It's just funny. Like if you really want to break it down and be negative about it, it's like, oh, they they're blue people went to slightly different colored blue people, you, you know, and and they're now these ones have water and stuff, but. That's what I was wanting to be negative so I could make jokes about it. But Jesus, it, it was it was so good, man. I mean, I, no offense, it doesn't matter if you you can really get into that lore, and there's a lot of it. I mean, there's people that speak Navi. It's a made up language for at that point one movie. I went to a uh, I had to go to a seminar because I was in a language class, and it was people that were talking about how they can they can speak and write Navi because that's how integrated James Cameron like so everything they're saying. There's a specific language and letter. It's not like um, if you watch Game of Thrones, uh, Dothraki, it, it just make it made up words. You know, this is an actual language where they wrote it all out. That's how crazy, again, James Cameron's so talented because he's a nutcase that creates his own language for a, you know, for a couple lines of dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, I did appreciate the fact that they def definitely differentiated the species. And it was funny when they first met where it's like, oh, their arms are so weak. Their tails are so tiny. Like that stuff was pretty funny to me. I thought that was a dick joke to start off with. Look how small <laughs> their tails are, you know, and that's what they hook up to each other, you know. So Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought it was pretty neat how they differentiated the species and stuff. And yeah, I supposedly they're going to be releasing one every other year now. I, I guess that's the plan. The original plan was since it was Disney, it was going to be Avatar um, around in December, Star Wars the next December, Avatar 3 the next one. It was what originally was. Now it sounds like Star Wars is kind of a mess at the moment, the series is for movie-wise. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the plan is for Avatar 3 to be out in December of 24. Yeah, so... I don't know. I'm excited for it. I, I didn't oh, yeah. think you'd get me drawn back in, and here I am. I, I don't think I'm going to go to again in theaters. That that three hours is a no. much. I'll definitely watch it again, you know? Yeah. And, and if you do, go in 3D. It is worth the, going to 3D at least once and seeing how beautiful it is. And then you can watch it on, you know, while you're half napping on your couch later. But it, it's worth the experience. Eventually, it'll be on FX every every other day like how original avatar was you know that is one thing i will say with with the three hour 15 minute was it could have been 20 minutes shorter but besides mm. just the ocean type stuff i feel like everything had an important piece to it i don't feel yeah. like there was anything that was really wasted besides maybe too much ocean time yeah no and, and like and it was definitely like oh we could have cut that action scene that's like no not really because you got to build the relationships between a brand new family if you will you know they have to mm -hmm. learn somewhat new language in their tie-ins you have to know how 
yeah, I mean, it again, I, I it was a, uh, it was, I don't want to keep overselling it, but just, just go see it in theaters. Definitely worth it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I think that's kind of it, isn't it? This was our super short podcast that we were going to talk about. And we went an hour fucking 40 minutes. Jesus. <laughs> Good for us. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, so that is it for week 15 and the Avatar 2 special. Um, I was, I should have, I should have painted my face blue. What was I thinking? Jeez. You don't want to get canceled for, for, uh, having blue face, you know, that's it, true. Come back to you in, in 20 years. That is very true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, so yeah, we will, uh, be on Wednesday again, like usual road to 272 to, to preview week 16's games. Um, more than likely, you can probably take the over for the Vikings game like it, it seems to hit every week. And then Thursday, Homer Bryant, you guys doing college again? Yes, sir. I would say it's going to start slowing down a little bit with the bowl games. We, we've we touched a little bit base on them, but now we got basketball picking up again. So I would say we, we kind of did did some pick for this week. David, go see it. Go yeah. see it now. Drop everything. <laughs> At 10, 15 at night, go to a three-hour movie. Okay, I would tomorrow. say 45 showing. I didn't regret it. So I was going to say, you text, I got a text from you last night at, what, 3-something? No, 12-ish. It felt really? like 3, though. What did I look? What did I see this morning then? Oh, well, either way, I didn't see it. I was in, I was sleeping, so I didn't see it until this yeah, morning. Yeah, I I, te- I texted midnight when I got back. I and not like I needed to once again, prove what you said, but I was like, yeah, I second everything. He, he said, I agreed. It looked, it looked great. So David, I would definitely recommend when you, uh, when you can, you gotta, you gotta chop out about a, a five, six hour window out of your day for, to we'll go watch it. But I would say it's worth it there. If you, uh, if you go to YouTube, just look in avatar recap and there's a five minute one by IGN. That's all you need to rewatch. If you haven't, if you haven't seen the first one, watch it anyways, but if not yeah, that good. short recap, Plus the recap they give at the beginning of the movie is enough to get you 100% back to where you were. Yeah. Yeah. I just looked the timestamp on your text was 3.50 AM. It must've just, it must've came through at 3.50 cause I was not up at that, that early. <laughs> Either was I. <laughs> that, what in the hell? Anyways, yeah, let's wrap this thing up. Um, again, we do appreciate everyone that, that listened to us live here that have been commenting back and forth. Um, if you want to hit us up on our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at Heartland Pulse. Facebook, YouTube, Pulse of the Heartland. Make sure to like, subscribe, share our stuff. If there's anything you want us to uh, review or go over, keep us involved. Um, otherwise, you know, a lot of our uh, um, a lot more of our stuff is going to be at In the Zone one on Twitter and then in the zone dot studio uh, for blogs. I know Joe, Joey's been doing it. I've been trying to come up with the gumption to do one myself um, and then let talk sport on Twitter. It sounds to me like month one, this is the first month of in the zone and getting a lot of views on there. So thanks to everyone that's checked it out and keep on sharing the word. There's some, there's some good writers on there. Absolutely. So, all right guys. Well, I do appreciate you listening. You guys have a good night. Thank you.